This morning, since I'm doing all kinds of things differently, um, you can sit down because I'm going to do something a little different first. The, uh, before I read the gospel, the um, reading that I'm about to do is uh, from a book that I want to recommend to all of you to um, read if you haven't read it. A lot of people ask about you know, books that we would recommend, and I got several that want to read it now, but they said, how are we going to find out? Put it on the website. So this book is by uh, Dr. Tim Lull, who is a professor uh, once upon a time at our Lutheran seminaries, a uh, very big Luther scholar. And he was writing books and books and books about Martin Luther, and, and then he came up with this one, My Conversations with Martin Luther. And the ruse is that he's writing books about Martin, and Martin appears to him and gives him certain messages. And so um, I was just going to read a section of this because it's Reformation Day, and uh, I thought it would be good. Uh, so he picked, so Martin is there in the room with Dr. Lull. He picked up the anthology, opened a passage, and quickly found something to read to me. If, however, you feel inclined to think that you have made it, flattering yourself with your own little books, teaching or writing because you have done it beautifully and preached excellently, if you are highly pleased when someone praises you in the presence of others, if you perhaps look for praise and would sulk or quit what you are doing if you did not get it, if you are of the stripe, that stripe, dear friend, then take yourself by the ears, and if you do this in the right way, you will find a beautiful pair of big, long, shaggy donkey ears. Then do not spare any expense. Decorate them with golden bells so that everyone will be able to hear you wherever you go. Point their fingers at you and say, See, see, there goes that clever beast who can write such exquisite books and preach so remarkably well. And to that, Dr. Luther left the room. So I thought it was, it's quite a, a good read, uh, and I encourage you to look at it. It has, um, it brings Martin Luther to life in a playful and yet theologically sound manner. And now I will read the gospel, if I can find it. From John, the eighth chapter, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham, and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. A few years ago, an amazing story appeared in the San Francisco Chronicle. It was on the front page, and it seemed that a female humpback whale got entangled in a spider web of crab traps and lines. The weight of hundreds of pounds of trash and traps 
were on that yard of line and rope encircling her torso, and a line was tugging in her mouth, forcing her to struggle terribly just to stay afloat. A fisherman saw her swimming out beyond the Golden Gate Bridge and radioed an environmental group to come for help. They arrived finally, but only could save her by diving in and manually untangling her. They worked for hours with curved knives and eventually did free her. When she was free, the divers said that she swam in joyous circles. Then she came back to each and every diver one at a time and nudged them, pushed them gently around, her way of saying, thank you. So some said it was the most incredibly beautiful experience of their lives. The man who cut the rope out of her mouth said, her eyes were following me the whole time, and he will never be the same. So if the sun makes you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus promises in today's gospel story a text chosen to embody the Reformation Sunday. He makes this promise like to this humpback whale. We too are burdened over and over again by the traps and the ropes of our own short-sightedness in relation to God. From the Middle Ages till the year 2019, it seems our spiritual history only keeps repeating itself. We humans like control. We like independence and swimming into deep waters, testing our smarts to make it in the big world. But remember, the whale, massive as she is, impressive as she is, finally couldn't save herself. She had to totally depend on the grace and mercy of those divers who cut her free, cut those lines. She had to have faith alone that busy humans, perhaps given compassion by God, cared about one nameless whale. And when she looked into their eyes, the one diver with the knife in his mouth, she had to trust that he was there to help, not harm her. As God ordained it, her willing dependence birthed a joyful response and new relationships. The freed whale, as we said, nudged and bumped each of the little saviors in the sea that day to say, thank you, I'm free, and I owe it all to you. You know, when I finished seminary in New England, I had seriously wanted to stay up in Vermont and Maine because I love fall leaf colors and photography was great up there. Um, Yet, due to the lack of Lutheran churches, I would have to serve a UCC congregation, probably, uh, United Church of Christ, uh, something like that. Most of my friends there were that. But, you know, when it came down to the last, I just couldn't. I cherished Lutheran perspective on the gospel way too much. 
Most of us know the story in a time where there was predominance of one Catholic church politically and spiritually in charge of the dispensation of the gospel. Up came one earthy, well-fed monk, an obsessive monk at that, who dared to set free the truth in God's word. Luther challenged the power of the Pope and faced death threats as he did so. You see, literacy at all was uncommon in the peasant folk. The Bible had not been translated either into their language, German. It was rather in Latin. So only a rare priest was able to actually access God's word, read it, see it. Common peasants were easily misled then by fear and threats of hell and damnation, their punishment, indulgences having to be paid by an angry God. Street preachers were coming to their towns predicting all these horrors. However, said the street preacher, yes, if you do buy from us these indulgences signed and sealed by the Pope in Rome, you will not burn in hell, or at least you can shorten your torture in purgatory with that of your relatives. Luther was so incensed by this teaching about the forgiveness of sin, good Catholic man that he was. He knew the scripture from Romans that Paul wrote, all of us have fallen short, fallen short of the glory of God, but we are justified or we are made back in balance in harmony with God by faith alone, by God's grace alone as a gift. There is nothing we flawed creatures can do ourselves to cure the gap sin creates. Nothing. Not give money, not say the rosary 25 times, not buy indulgences from the Vatican in Rome. It's only our belief and our trust and our faith alone that Christ paid the cost of our sin for so that we on that day he died might be free from our sins and the penalties that comes with it. Luther said, you can't buy forgiveness like a sack of potatoes. But the Catholic Church was doing just that and using all the proceeds to build St. Peter's Cathedral in Rome. This morning, my blatantly sinful friends and colleagues, we celebrate that we live by grace alone a free gift of love, inclusion into God's family, everlasting life, communion with God in prayer and in Eucharist. All God asks of us is the strong words, yes, Lord, I do believe. I believe Christ paid the price for our sins and forgiveness. There's nothing we have to do, to build, to memorialize, except our own hearts need to receive this good news in faith. Professor and Dr. David Lose says, what if God doesn't care as much about justice as we do? That is, what if justice isn't the primary category God uses all along? Maybe justice is our way of tracking each other our way of defining each other, of keeping score, of following who's in and who's out. If this is so, if God loves us regularly, then God's love will regularly supersede justice. 
because it's all about relationships. Another reform that Luther lifted up is the priesthood of all believers. In other words, you have no need of the pastor to broker your communication with God. But I dare say, how often the pastor is asked to offer prayer at the meetings and the dinners that we have. I have to say, I think it's quite often, as if the clergy has a God's private cell phone number or God has friended us on Facebook and not you. How wrong is that? My friends, when I started ministry, back before I was in seminary, I wouldn't pray in public, and in the first year of seminary, I wouldn't pray in public for anything. I let my roommate, Marcia, who was so eloquent and so warm, and it came so naturally, and I, the Minnesotan, who was all frozen up, said, oh, no, 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 you do it, you do it, you do it. So here you are, putting all that on me, ha. Huh. I think it's only a matter of practice. Once I began to put my trust in God, he would provide the words, he would help me, things came along pretty easily. And so I think we need to, yes, respect each other, but also respect the capabilities each and every one of us has, gifts from God that the pastors do not have. It rounds out the whole table that way. Much of the growth in churches today in our society is found where thriving disciples feel equipped to do God's work according to their gifts in the spirit. We all have emerged from baptismal waters as priests, namely those who are able to connect others with God. A priest is meant to be a bridge between someone else and God, and we are the priesthood of all believers. That is the heart of this celebration on Reformation Day. And still, we are hesitant. William Barclay, an old Scottish devout writer, says this, a man told his students how he felt when he was ordained to the ministry. It was as if people said to him, we are forever involved in the dust and the heat of the day. We have to spend our time getting and spending. We have to serve at the counter to toil at the desk, to make the wheels of industry go around. So we want you to be set apart so that you can go into the secret place of God and come back every Sunday with a word from God to us. Hmm. Now, much as I value my calling as an ordained minister of the church, you understand that Pastor Keith and I have no exclusive access to God or God's secret places. Amen? And you agree how vibrant is this community where every believer takes Sabbath time apart from the world's demands to honor God? You agree how freeing it is to know that we live by grace alone, God's free unearned gift of love, and new life. And now listen, grace levels the playing field. My brothers and sisters, no one deserves God's free blessing and gift of Easter's life. Yet it can and will be ours just because we ask for it. So we are all God's priests, young or old, right now.
Amen? We are set free. Set free to be a bridge so others can know the deep, abiding, tenacious desire God has to be in relationship with us. My friends, countless others around us today are like that floundering humpback whale. They are entangled in various lines and traps and sinking with heavy loads in their life. They don't feel worthy to reach out to God. Yet he so wants to offer them release and new freedom, his gracious gift of love and Easter life. Is there someone you know in need of emergency divers in the water right now to go and cut them loose and set them free? Celebrate Lutheran Lutheran Reformation Day this morning with thanksgiving then and hope. And let us, his priesthood of all believers, go back into the deep waters to graciously cut the ropes that hold our neighbors and coworkers and friends captive. And let us proclaim loudly and clearly, God's grace is yours. It is yours today. And if the sun makes you free, you will be free indeed. Amen.